everybody, welcome to the Linux Cast. I'm your host, Matthew Weber. I'm joined by Martin Burke. How you doing, Martin? Hi, I'm Matt. Yeah, I'm well, thank you. How are things for you? Well, we're going to talk about it when we get to the what we, what have we been up to this week. But uh, I've been having a, <laughs> I've been having a Linux week. It's it's a uh, it's not been good. Um, other than that, it's paying uh, the Linux pay, oh, sorry paying uh, the Linux tax. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, well, actually, what I'm paying is the ADD tax because really I did not. All right, so let's just jump into it. So I'll go. For, normally, I let you go first when we talk about what we've been doing in Linux, but just let me get this off my chart. I'm I'm in a ranting mood, so you're just gonna have to deal with me. Uh, so I've been using Arco Linux for like the last six months. It's my longest stay on a distro ever. I mean, it 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 was. I actually had to go through and upgrade the kernel because I actually sat through a kernel until it was end of life. I'd never done that before. Usually I hop every two or three months. And I was having some compositor problems, and I was like, well, you know what? Maybe if I switch to a different distro, I'll get rid of the compositor problems. So I did. I, I started off with uh, Arch Labs. Uh, that did not work. And then I said, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to go back to Arco. I, could, I got that installed, but I couldn't get past... I couldn't get it to boot into the the boot manager, or not the boot manager, but the um, uh, the display manager. And then you can tell I'm desperate because I installed Ubuntu. <laughs> it only would have been worse if I had installed Mint, you know. <laughs> uh, I was on there for about four hours before I um, I had serious AUR withdrawals, um, because you. Snaps are not good. I mean, I don't know if you know this, Martin, but it, it, when you open up a snap, it takes like 30 seconds for it to load. It's, there's, the loading time is so bad. Yeah, it's all decompressing it, and uh, it, it's essentially unzipping it, I think, yeah. in the background. It's like, okay, come on, man. Like, I, I can understand them being a little slower, but I mean, that's just downright ridiculous. I, mean, I thought, you know, maybe I'll try flat pack then the next time, but I, I just couldn't. Mm. I couldn't, you know. Whatever. I just, you know, like, I'm just going to try Manjaro. I did end up getting Manjaro installed. That's what I'm using now. Um, and I've had some experiences with Manjaro in the past. That I just expect this to fail eventually after an update. Um, every time I install Manjaro after an update, it always fails. So I'm expecting within the next two or three days for this, this install to just completely not uh, restart or something after an update. Add on top of that, because, I mean, you remember when I first got this microphone set up, I spent like, what, two or three weeks trying to get it to work, and I finally got it to work, and everything was, you know, like, it was working, and it was good, and I shouldn't have touched it because I'm a dumbass, <laughs> and, and I had to go through and distro hop, so now I'm back in audio hell again, uh, and I audio on Linux is just not good. It's, just, it's still just it's so bad i mean it's been tw it's been 30 years uh, all right so it's i first used linux in 2000 probably 2001 uh, it was open suza um i on like a, a cdrw <laughs> and audio was bad then it is now 20 years later and it's still bad all right that's enough of my rant so what about you what have you done this week in linux um, I'll be delving into further customization on uh, my KDE desktop by installing um, the Latte dock and various other widgets and icon sets. Obviously, I've got the desktop looking terrible and it just 
broke during my journey down that rabbit hole. So, um, yeah, that was my story, really. I had fun, though. That was the main thing. <laughs> when I first started using KDE, uh, I broke it a lot, too. It's one of those things where you just kind of have to break it in order to put it back together, I, I think. I think, to be fair, it's because I was on the um, KDE Plasma distro, which is quite high in the rankings, but I, I, I think KDE even say, well, it's not really good enough for a daily driver. So I just went back onto um, Fern OS, um, which is fine. Nice and easy get, uh, set up, really. Audio is working perfectly, as you can hear. Yeah, brag that up. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. I, I, I hate you right now. It's, it's, just, it's horrible, man. Come on, don't rub that, sh- don't rub that in. All right. Uh, all right, so if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so. Uh, on Twitter at the Linuxcast, you can follow uh, uh, me on Twitter. I'm at MTWB. Martin's Martin Twit to you. Uh, you can subscribe to all of our stuff at thelinuxcast.org. You can contact us via email at thelinuxcast at gmail.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash linuxcast. And don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube where you'll see FOSS and Linux-related videos coming out every single day of the week because I'm an insane person and decided to find a new hobby. Um it's it's going well and some of the stuff some of the videos are horrible and some of them are less horrible but they're pretty good uh <laughs> anyways make sure you do all that stuff you can also support us on patreon at patreon.com slash the linux cast um so each and every week we each of us come up with a uh one one link each for like newsish kind of stuff so martin what link did you find for us this week yeah it was um Mozilla, love them or hate them recently. So um, they've set up their VPN. Well, they haven't set it up. They set it back up in July. Um, the VPN service uh, made it available for Android, iOS and Windows. And now they've um, released it to uh, Linux and Mac OS users. Um, they reckon it's low price. I don't know about your VPN prices on there, but I've got five bucks a month. Is, does that sit about well, about right? I think we. I saw one for forty dollars a year. Here, not too yeah, long ago. Yeah, I think I, I think I pay about thirty-two pound a year with private internet access, which, which I do quite rate. Um, so product details, blah, 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 connect five devices with one subscription. Well, that should just be a, a, a given, to be fair, if not more. Um, so 280 plus servers, 30 countries, and 40 plus cities. Um, I don't know whether you cap your VPNs over there, but I've got no bandwidth restrictions. Interestingly enough, no logging of your network activity. Um, Fours, easy to use, can be quite fast, obviously, depending where you live, if you're in cities, and trusted Mozilla name. So for a question mark by that, but there you go. Right. Uh, a couple of a- against I've got is it does, I, I mean, I don't know this for certain already on the internet. Uh, does it unblock US Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, or Disney Plus? It's got few features, uh, barely any customized c- configuration op- options, um, encryption and IP address ob- obfuscation. Mozilla VPN uses FireGuard even, and zero network t- activities logged to servers. 
So if speed and security are priorities to you, the five bucks a month may be reasonable. So my pro- uh, my biggest problem my biggest problem with it is that it's not through Mo- Mozilla. It's actually it, they're just rebranding someone yes. else's stuff, right? So yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. It bothers me a bit because I mean, not only do you have to trust Mozilla, which is you know iffy these days, but you also yeah. have to trust trust yeah. this small vad company or whatever to i mean they say they don't log any network activity but i mean how do you really know i mean well let's wait till uh, someone's rather naughty and get and they get subpoenaed for the information we'll see exactly i mean i'm i'm guessing the company's um in some based in some random uh country like that but i'm guessing if they're operating services on um, u.s soil and and things like that Uh, we can only see, I mean, different places, um, I don't want to name any, have said they don't log it and things like that, and, and they've soon coughed up information to the authorities, but we'll see, it's one of those suck it and see then, but if you're up to dodgy things, basically, <laughs> Mozilla's the way to go till you, the, um, till we see exactly um, yeah. how, how to the word they are. Um how about yourself? What news caught your eye this week? Alright, so I've never actually used Tails before, but basically what Tails is, for anybody who doesn't know, is that it's a it's a Linux distribution that lives on a USB stick and is completely focused on security. It's kind of like the Tor browser version of Linux. It's completely, it doesn't remember, you know, doesn't remember any of your safe states. It's all containerized and stuff. It's very interesting, but this week it came out that they're they're uh, looking to migrate their entire stack over to Wayland instead of Xorg to improve app security. Um, and I just thought that it, it was interesting because I think more and more this year we're going to see Wayland kind of come to the front. Now, I know DistroTube did a uh, video today where he was poo-pooing uh, Wayland. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I know like Steam has gone through and done a whole bunch of work to get uh Wayland like Wayland gaming working and I know that Nvidia just signed on to make uh Nvidia graphics drivers work better with Wayland and I know that the AMD open source drivers work fairly well with Wayland so I mean we're seeing this kind of I mean it's taken 10 years but finally we're getting some momentum into the point where Wayland seems to be kind of finally coming to the point where maybe we might be seeing it in some more mainstream distributions like uh yeah, it'd be interesting to see if we see something. I mean, I I I complain about Linux Mint being uh, not unique enough from Ubuntu. It'd be very interesting to see them say, hey, "You want to? We're going to make Wayland default," and then all of a sudden Linux Mint has a reason to not focus on the Debian edition. You know, um, I know Debian mm-hmm. itself has been focusing a lot on Wayland as well. So it's be interesting to see how that goes on down as well. Um, I, I want to try Tails because I think Tails would be kind of interesting to – I mean, literally, it's just a, a Linux distribution you carry around in your pocket. You Say you go to the library and you don't want to yeah. use their random Windows uh, – you know, Windows, probably Windows 98 computer or something that's at the library. <laughs> you just pop this in and you have your a full Linux distribution. It's completely containerized, so it's really interesting. Um, granted, I doubt – wait. You... Say that again. Oh, sorry. Carry on. I was going to say, and you save the five pound for the VPN off of Mozilla if you're just using this. <laughs> very true. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to worry about anything else. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just, it looks very fascinating. I'm going to give it a try. Um, 
and obviously in these days and age, that scenario is a little, uh, you know, not realistic because I mean nobody goes anywhere anymore. But uh, I mean, eventually maybe we'll be able to go out to the library and do that uh, kind of stuff. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's nice as well if you if you literally some people obviously just stick to the one browser and things like that. But it, it may well be a case that. Yeah, you don't want to see these adverts popping up. I mean, like to think everyone's got their ad blockers and everything like that, or use Brave for whatever. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, if, if you just want to look at, go shopping and, and and do the odd thing online without just looking over your shoulder, whether it's mm-hmm. obviously for the correct reasons. I mean, everyone's got that right, really. Um, but yeah, it does look good. I must admit, I've never used it really um tails i've used something similar um obviously if you do go on the 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 tour network i think it is um obviously your internet is a lot slower because you're hopping you know basically bridges and hopping from internet to internet um so i mean don't expect to sit around watching youtube videos really but yeah yeah it's like you say it's ideal just pop it in your pocket and um, if you're on um, other PCs, it's not your own. You, you, you know, it's secure and it, it's volatile as soon as you pull it out or leave it behind. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's just one of those things. I know there's uh, other alternatives out there. Something like I think there's something called like Cubes OS or something that's kind of similar to this. I, I know um, I listened to a podcast about that before. Um, anyway, so... Let's move on to the main topic. So the main topic this uh, this week is something that we've covered before, I think, back when Ricky and I were doing the podcast. Um, but I just thought we'd kind of um, redo it and talk about it a little bit. Uh, GTK versus QT. Now, recently, uh, GTK 4.0 was, I believe it was either finalized or went into beta or something. Um, so we're, we're looking at a, a, a kind of a reemergence of the GTK versus QT because Q- Qt 6 is also going to be coming up in the next year or so. Uh, so when you're installing a desktop environment, you, you a lot of times really what you're choosing between is GTK and Qt. So Martin, you're a big KDE guy, um, and I've always been a big KDE guy, so I was wondering if there's a reason why you and I seem to kind of go towards the design language of Qt instead of something like GTK, which is what GNOME and uh, you know, Budgie and all those d- different uh, desktop environments rely on. So, what what are you what, what are your thoughts on this? Well, it's 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 simple, really, in my mind. So, I mean, you've, you've just got to name a couple of the desktops: so KDE, Plasma, Deepin, Ubuntu, Coilin. Um, use GTK. Um, Sorry, use Qt. Obviously, um, KDE does uh, uh, does use, I think, uh, a bit of GTK also. Or I've got that totally the wrong way. No, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, Qt. Yeah, KDE Plasma. Yeah, they, there's some um, GTK stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, KDE uses a, a bit of both, obviously. Um, but. Um, yeah, just straight out of the box, it just looks fine. I mean, as you know, you can theme stuff to all you want. I mean, Cavantum um, as well, you can use with 
QT to, to get it themed and, and stuff like that. And I'm sure you could do it with GTK, but I mean, GTK, I mean, some of the desktop environments use that. So we've got like Budgie, Cinnamon, Mate, XFCE, Pantheon doesn't look too bad, but then again, they're, they're still quite heavily themed anyway. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm quite quite happy with, with QT. Um, I mean, there was talk of memory, one's more memory, one's less memory, but I'd like to think they're probably ironing all the creases out there as we advance on through. So my takeaway is kind of similar in that Qt seems to be uh, much easier to theme Maybe that's just more uh, of a KDE thing that they've just kind of built that into their desktop environment. But it seems that they, but because of the way the Qt framework is built or whatever, KDE has been allowed to go through and build in theming, which is something that GNOME and all these other things kind of have to hack on to the top of the 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 um the framework in order to get it to work. So I mean, uh, like if you're using GNOME, there, I mean we talked about this. Uh, I think it was even last week where we were talking about theming. Uh, if you use GNOME, the um, the theming is kind of like set on top of it, and it's kind of really hacky. And GNOME has gone through and said, you know, it's not that great, and we're going to tear it out and all this stuff. Um, whereas the the cute guys have kind of, and KDE specifically have kind of built it in stuff. So really, it's kind of really all about theming. But from a if you look at it from like a developer standpoint. It, I now you gotta remember I'm not a developer or a designer, like even like a, a minuscule little bit. I, I mean, like like negative. <laughs> if there was positive, if it was possible to, to be an anti-developer, that would be me. Um, but from everything that I've read, uh, GTK seems to be easier to uh, code for, uh, mostly because the framework is more. Uh, I, I guess I'm gonna say simple. Like it, there's the tools that it, they use to design their apps and to uh, deal with outputting the appearance of their apps seem to be more refined and uh, simplistic than what you find on the Qt end. Um, whether or not that's true, like I said, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I have any experience with those things? It's just things that I've read on the internet. So of course it's going to be true. Um, oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, really, cause when I use a desktop environment, I always preferred the, K- the KDE that uses Qt, mostly because of the things and things. But I've also noticed that a lot of the times, KDE and the Qt stuff is faster and uses less resources than GTK. And now I I know a lot of people say it's the other way around, um, and. I also know that a lot of people say that it's GNOME that gives GTK a bad name because there's a lot of GTK desktop environments out there. Mate uses it and it's fast. Um, the Pantheon yeah. uses it yeah. and it's fast, and uh, uh, Cinnamon uses it and it's fast. So maybe it's just GNOME that gives it a bad name. But it, every time I use it, it seems like it's just a little bit slower than what I ex- experience on the KDE side. Uh, whether or not that is quantifiable, and you can go say, you know, this uses 200 megs of rams less or whatever i don't know about all that it's just feel wise it feels that the cute stuff is is quicker yeah well i mean 
QT with the desktop environments like um, UKUI, um, LXQT. I mean, that, that, that's one of the, lo the lightest ones you can get, I think, if, if you're not going to go for um, stuff like open box and things like that. that mm -hmm. the LXQT is definitely what I put on my old uh, laptop from like 2009 to get that up and running. I mean, I, I didn't put anything much heavier on it, but. Like I say, I mean, QT is supposed to have the least least memory, but I think as we go down the line and 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 the years, the, the, the amount of processing speed that we're getting, I, I don't think it, it it's probably going to be marginal. <laughs> with the run comparisons, I mean, obviously we things like that we've all pulled up a, an app that we, we'd got used to on a different distro on, on it, whether it's GTK or QT and I opened it up and just thought, oh my God, that looks absolutely horrible. <laughs> it's usually QT. I'll pull something else up and I thought, oh my God, what's going on here? Before I even knew about all the theming and different things like that, it's a case of, well, that didn't look like that before. Is it, is it an old version? But obviously it was... Um, uh, GTK or QT, whichever, and I just didn't have it set up. But again, I mean, it, it all depends how you want your system. It's, it, it's, it's infinite, isn't it, what you, you can do with, with theming and stuff like that. Well, and it's not as if if you're on GNOME, you can't install a cute program or the other way around. So um, Yeah. That's the good thing about Linux is that even though they use competing, you know, uh, frameworks or whatever you can still install a gtk app on kde and it works just fine because kde has gone through and done the work to make that stuff kind of look what you know yeah they beautified it up haven't they yeah um and that's gotten way better in the last few years because it used to be it didn't used to be the case it used to be, i mean you could still use them it just they didn't have all the features that you would experience if you used a gtk app on gtk a gtk supported desktop environment so um I mean, we, we don't talk about we don't have to really get into this but it always just seems to me and this is just me beating on gnome again but it always seems like if you want to <laughs> go to a forward leaning uh you know desktop environment it's always going to be kde because they're always developing stuff they're always coming through and you know refining things and making things better gnome just seems to stay the same i mean i guess if you want stability but i mean that may not even be true anymore because the GNOME 40 looks like it's finally going to get a design refresh, um, which is good. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe maybe we're coming to a point where the, the Linux desktop is going to be exciting again. Or, you know, you could just use a window manager like I do. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's jump into the apps of the week. Uh, Martin, you have an app of the week for us. Yeah, so I've got QuiteRS. Quite, yep, QuiteRSS. So it's written in C++ and Qt. This <laughs> is a, a great little RS feed reader. It's clean, with an easier to use interface, with all the usual figures, uh, features including tags, ad block, share button. If you want to send it to Twitter, Reddit, or Facebook, if that's your jam. If you if you people bother with Facebook nowadays, uh, but yes, really good. It's just I mean, it's been a while since I've had a, an RSS feeder and, and forgot how actual good they are just for 
just condensing your news down into literally a readable format instead mm-hmm. of just like opening up a folder with your, your various news or open up your tabs or just flick through them. But yeah, it's 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 really nice little um, RSS feed reader with all the the main features that you need and it's uh, yeah quite recommended. How about yourself? What you got on us for us this week? All right, so as everybody knows, um, Mozilla came out and pretty much pissed off everybody by saying they <laughs> wanted to determine truth on the internet or whatever. I mean, I did a video on it. I think everybody, every Linux YouTuber did a video on it. Uh, so I've been looking for something to switch to. I'm still using Firefox as my main one because it's like the only alternative unless you want to use Chrome. Uh, <laughs> I looked at Brave. I haven't been impressed with Brave. It probably be the one that I'll end up switching to, but... Um, if you're into keyboard-centric navigation, Cute Browser probably is the one that you might want to go with, um, especially if you don't do syncing between your phone and your uh, desktop. Uh, I happen to do those things, so Cute Browsers might not be the one that I switch to, but I use it. I've been using it quite a bit, and basically what this is is it's just a frame, you know, with a web page in it, and you do all of your navigation with. Uh, your keyboard, the Vim keys and uh, key bindings and stuff like that. You're not supposed to use your mouse at all. I mean, you can use your mouse, but it's meant to be done completely with the keyboard. Uh, it's of the one of the browsers that work like this. So there's a few of them. There's like Surf, and there's the Min Browser, and there's uh, the I, I think there's one called the Vi Browser or Vim Browser or something. Um, those are all fairly slow. Um, Hue Browser, it's not as fast as Firefox or Chrome. But it's not something where you'll say, like, oh, five minutes later, YouTube still has not loaded. No, uh, this one was, this was really fairly snappy. Uh, it loads faster than snaps, I'm just saying. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, Cute Browser is, is mine. Uh, and it's still being developed, like, unlike some of the other, the other ones that I just listed. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that is mine. Uh, so, that was a really short episode, but it was really good. Um, I think most people, Martin, really don't care about GTK versus Cute, but it's kind of like a nerdy little topic that we just talked about. Um, yeah, I mean, it, do you wanna, should we pad it out a bit? Just talk about browsers or Brave, might as well. Huh? Oh, we can. Do and, you, uh, is that what you use as Brave, or do you, what, what browser do you use? I'm just curious. Well, well to be fair, I was going to give you QDOS. I'm not giving us a command line. Uh, app this week oh but cute yeah. browser it seems an absolute nightmare it's going through your feed or your youtube subscriptions with your keyboard sh- shortcuts clicking on it to me it seems a night it, it almost seems as torture well see um i go through on every browser that i do and install something called vim keys and um it allows me to navigate my browser with a keyboard, so I do that anyway. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just used to it. I think it's I think it comes down to the using of a of a of a window manager. Once you start once you switch to a window manager, you're kind of prod, prodded into using your key your keyboard to navigate everywhere. And, um, and you've got them and, all in and, your memory and everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and well, I still do. I still have a problem where sometimes I use my mouse. You know, like the muscle memory. Yeah. Um, you know, every once in a while, but most of the time I'm just using my keyboard. And and while I wouldn't say it's faster, it's just different. You know, it's kind of like a, the difference between a controller and a keyboard in a game. 
You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah, one, yeah. One's not necessarily yeah, better than the other. It's just which one you're more, you know, used to. You know what I mean? Because, like, I'm not a gamer at all. Like, not even... <laughs> I'm more of a developer than I am a gamer. I'm just saying that. <laughs> uh, and we know how much of a de- developer I am, which is negative. Um, but I can play with both. It doesn't bother me at all because I'm not a good gamer. I just, you know, every once in a while I'll play. Like, you know, like yesterday I subscribed to Google Stadia uh, and tried to play it in Firefox. Did you? <laughs> like, Google Stadia doesn't play in Firefox, so I had to download Chromium for like five Chrome. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, that did not last long because. At least, at least on Arch or on Arch-based distros, and on like whatever a subsystem Manjaro uses to manage preferred applications. I'm assuming it's probably like XFCE or something. Um, it, I downloaded Chrome, and it automatically set itself as the default browser. Like, <laughs> like come mm-hmm. on, man, that's that's, that's horrible. I, the, every day it goes by, I hate Google a little bit more, and I can explain to you, explain to you really quick, quickly. I don't know if you watched this video, but I did a uh, one of the videos I did. I said the word Google at the end of it, and the Google Home I have in my room and my phone started listening. And guess what? About 30 seconds ago, I said the word Google. My phone's sitting here listening to me, like right now. <laughs> like it's so stupid. Um, so yeah, I've been. No, I've turned... Yeah, I've turned that off on the um, on my phone. That the OK Google. Oh, sorry, if anyone's got it on. Okay, <laughs> um, but the problem is, I think you know, with the Stadia and the um, actual controllers, I've saw a couple of uh, videos on how to actually turn the microphone off, and I think it consists of using a, a, a Dremel. To actually get in, <laughs> uh-huh. because I think it is on by default, um, much like your, your your devices anyway. But it's a case of you 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 want just a switch, whether it's hardware or software, just just to flick it across, just to yeah. not listen. It's not that you're getting up to anything; you just don't want stuff like this being transferred across. Um, just on the other side of Brave, I mean, I I use Brave, I was quite happy. I mean, obviously don't sign up to any of the reward system with the bloody bat thing, which is pointless. So I went on, I thought, oh, let's get these, let's get, let's get into cryptocurrency and get this, these bat tokens. I'll get this and I'll get that. I think after about two weeks, I'd made about $2 and I just thought, sod that for the amount of time. Yes, it, it I'll, I'll give it its props. It is good at blocking ads. I must admit, I've got um, ad blockers on Firefox uh, and silly things like uh, your eBay. You've always got the odd silly ad down the bottom, unless you delve a bit further and maybe get a couple more. Uh, but Brave just takes everything away. I think there's been talk sometimes that um, they may replace the odd ad. Maybe I'm making that up, but. From my experience, in terms of blocking ads and, and, and stuff like that, just so you can actually read a web page without having copious amounts of clutter to scroll past. Yeah, I, I would uh, thumbs up to Brave till I find something else. I mean, there's that many out there. And yeah, I, I think a lot of people have just had enough of... Uh, I think there's a 
bit of an exodus from Firefox. Yeah, I know there there definitely is. I did, so there's what I want to know, and I'm going to do a video on this, I think. But I want to know is why there aren't more forks of Firefox. Firefox is completely open source. I mean, like way more open source than like Chromium is, because Chromium still, I mean. Sure, Chromium is open source, but it still relies on a whole bunch of stuff from Google. And while there there is a a version of Firefox or Chromium out there that's apparently ungoogled or whatever, it, they still had to go through and do that process. What I'm wondering is why there's not more forks of Firefox out there. I found two. I mean, I know there's Pale Moon, but Pale Moon looks like it was developed for like Windows 3.1. I mean, <laughs> like, like come on, like I'm not using this. Um, but uh. The two that I've tried, or tried to try, I guess, is LibreWolf and uh, WaterFox. And the WaterFox one, I couldn't get to build at all. Uh, I don't know if it's not being developed, or maybe it's just some weird quirk of the way Arch Linux tries to build things, I don't know. Uh, and and LibreFox will not remember cookies at all. So, like, I understand that cookies are bad and evil and all this stuff, and the, the, the EU's trying to make sure that everybody knows they're being tracked and stuff. And uh, I'm one of those people, like, I don't want to have to re-sign into Google every time I want to go to YouTube. I also don't want to re-sign into Facebook or Twitter or any of those things. I want to remember once I've signed in that I've signed in. Uh, I know mm -hmm. I know that's probably – that's not the most secure, false way to do things. It's just to, I want that to happen because it's convenient. You know, It's not something that – I use these long, complicated passwords. I don't want to have to type it in every time I go through and – you know, go to a website, whether it's a good website or a bad website, it doesn't matter. So that was, I, I used LibreWolf for about, I don't know, two hours. And I, I, I just got completely sick of it not remembering anything because it didn't even remember like Zoom level. So like you go to like a, a place where you want to read an article and you yeah. zoom in and because their, their text or whatever is like five point, uh, so, and then you, you navigate away and you come back later to read another article or something and it should remember that you've zoomed in. I mean, that's just, <laughs> but LibreWolf doesn't because it doesn't want to, rem it doesn't want to store that data because it's completely privacy focused. And that's probably great for, you know, one time use, but for daily use, it was kind of a pain in the butt. So I'm still using yeah. Firefox. Yeah. And me, uh, um, uh, I've been um, exporting my, uh, exported all my, bookmarks last night and, and transferred them over to um, Brave. Uh, it's quite easy. Um, did that to be fair. Um, I think the problem with your Firefox forks is um, the security updates and things like that because I mean mm. obviously Mozilla know people are forking it and things like that. Um, so I mean they're going to try and throw a spanner in the works till people get their heads round um, getting it up and running. So I mean this, the main thing is the security at updates i mean it, it depends how you value your security really and i mean it's, if you go into other browsers and things like that it, it, it's, it's going to be your, your priority and if you're having two well, one month two months out of date um security settings mm -hmm. it's not very good really i mean I, yeah thumbs up brilliant sync Things like that to your phone. I mean, I'm I'm currently looking what I've got. I've got Brave, Vivaldi's quite good. I, I quite enjoy that. That's got a. Um, do you have, have you ever used Vivaldi at all? 
I have used Vivaldi, and I would probably switch to Vivaldi because I like their user interface. I would switch to them if they were open source. And I, I know it's stupid just not to use something that's you know, because just because it's not open source, but I just kind of want my browser to be open source, completely open source. I probably I'll probably give it another try because it, I do like the the way their interface, at least on the desktop, it works. Do you know if their 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 mobile app now will sync tabs? Because last time I tried it. <sighs> You, I couldn't slink tag, tabs between the um, desktop and the, the mobile. And that's really oh, the oh, one yeah. feature I need. It's something where I can switch. Cause I, I always do that. It's like every all the time. Yeah, I mean, it was working perfect for me. Um, whether I cleared my remote data on my computer and it kept on my um, phone. So, I mean, I've got to look at it a bit uh, deeper in that. But, I mean, interested you enjoyed Vivaldi because, I mean, obviously you like to do things the hard way because when I started Vivaldi, I was like, oh, my God, this is so busy and there's that m amount of options. I mean, at the time, I was, uh, my PC was relatively slow. Um, I've updated since. So, I mean, Vivaldi is a, is a heavy browser, let's face it. It is. But I mean, it, it's got so many features to it. I mean, I don't know about in, in the States, but over here, um, if you get your, your shopping delivered, you literally have to sit there and just watch your screen and, and wait for a, a slot to appear. Um, with Vivaldi, let me just pull Vivaldi up. This is great radio, isn't it? <laughs> I just want to get the proper name of it, you see. Internet, Vivaldi, what is it called? So, I mean, you can pin, essentially, mobile tabs to the left of your screen. So you can have your your, your main page that you're looking at, and on the left is essentially um, your mobile screen. Um, so you can leave things running on there. You can stick YouTube on there while, while you're doing the work. Yeah, I know you can have picture-in-picture. Picture. I've tried it with Plex, just having it running in there. Um, or if you're keeping an eye on sports scores <laughs> while you're working away. It's just a nice little feature. And there's untold features if if you go in there. But that, that was a really good feature. I did like just, just pinning my... Uh, um, uh, a web-based based version of a, a mobile web page just on your screen and you could just carry on and 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 just have that to the left or right or up or down whichever way you want it but yeah i, I did quite like vivaldi i did go off it like you say with, with the sync was having some issues i mean i'd like to think they've probably fixed that now and that was possibly my user error but yeah i mean i quite like vivaldi but yeah, give it a spin. Yeah, I, enjoy, I, I this is going to seem superficial, but I liked it because I could put the tabs on the bottom. I like customizing the – when I'm going to use a GUI yeah. interface, I want to be able to customize it. That's the reason why I like Firefox because I can go through and change the whole thing because it's all controlled through CSS. Um, anyways, that was a nice little chat about browsers. We should definitely talk about <laughs> that a little bit more. Um, but I think we should call this a day. If you, uh, all the contact information there was at the front, but just remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We really do appreciate any of those support you give us there. Our podcast is available on YouTube. It's also available on Spotify and um, Apple iTunes and Pocket Casts and pretty much. I mean, I think we're available on like ten or twelve different 
places where you can subscribe. Uh, I we are also there's a open source podcast player. I don't re- remember what the name of it is, but we are in there as well. So, um, I also saw that we were featured on the Spotify app the other day. So, there you oh, go. Cool. Um, well, worst Linux Linux cast ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> hey, you want to know what? It's you upsetting the, the upsetting the mint users. That's what it is. They're all voters. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you want to know what? All publicity is good publicity, even if it's the bad stuff. You want? It's okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't care if you hate me, as long as you're watching my videos and listening to my podcast. It's that's all that matters. All right. Anyways. Um, Our next topic, just real quick, is going to be... I can never remember this. I had this up. Uh, We're going to talk about firewalls and security. Do you need them? Do you want them? That's what we're going to talk about. We'll uh, (laughs) see you next week with that topic. Excellent. See you next week, guys.